This is the most important podcast you will ever listen to. Recycling in Fairfax County next on EnviroPod. Welcome to Fairfax County's podcast that discusses everything environment within the county and how the dedicated people from our Department of Public Works and Environmental Services keep on doing what they do to help our residents in our environment. I'm Scott Coco. So today I have with me Eric Forbes, the Director of Engineering and Environmental Management for the Solid Waste Management Program here with DPWES. Hi, Eric. Hi, Scott. How's it going? <laughs> going good. To start off, what the heck is going on over there? We are confused, and I imagine based on what you guys get delivered to you, you can tell. Why is there so much confusion out there, and what has changed in the Fairfax County Recycling Program? That's a great question, Scott, and I think it um, it takes uh, one to step back to really understand where we're at with recycling and the challenges that we're facing right now. Uh, historically, um, markets were good um, for recycling, uh, and when I say markets, it's th- where the end bales go once the recyclables are sorted, um, and there was uh, ability to have a release over to places like China, Southeast Asia, um, where it was a low-cost system, essentially, which lent us to have more of a behavior as a community for wishful recycling. Um, you know, if we were putting the wrong things in the bin, um, it really didn't catch up with us because the costs were so low. Um, once the contamination issue started becoming more prevalent nationally and internationally, um, we started to realize that we were being too wishful and putting too many things in the recycling bin that really shouldn't be there. And what that causes is higher costs because now we have to process the materials to, to get out those valuable things that can, can be recycled. Um, when people are putting in things, uh, we call it wishful recycling, things like toilet paper, um, packaging, plastic bags, um, diapers, coat hangers, shredded paper, things that don't go in the single stream recycling Mm -hmm. bin. All those things, once they're collected curbside, they go to a a recovery facility where it's sorted out by machinery and people. Um, And that costs a lot of money. So it it made the cost uh, for processing recycling from curbside collection um, go through the roof, essentially, uh, which causes problems with how we run recycling. Um, you know, if it costs more, uh, we need to be able to change and, and change our behaviors and putting the right things in the bin. So um, to, to talk about the confusion and the challenges, it's been, um, you know, over a decade or more, say 15 years of people being able to put pretty much anything in the bin. When you put it on the curbside, it goes away. You think you're doing the right thing, right? right. Um, well, out of sight, out of mind. Exactly. Once you put it in that blue bin, it's a magical recycling bin. It goes away. You don't have to worry about it again. You feel like you did the right thing. And unfortunately, that's just not the reality. So, Well, and, and what we were saying, recycling is one of those few things that um, that residents feel that they have control over, that, oh, I'm recycling. I'm doing my due diligence for the environment. And like you were saying, it's that wishful thinking. Um, but residents still want to feel that they're able to do that. And so today... Um, just to start off, I want to talk about, and I've read through the county's website and stuff like that. So let's talk about good practices and for people at home that they have multiple trash cans in their kitchen and they want to recycle, what do we want them to do? Great question, Scott. Again, um, I think it's uh, important for our residents as as individuals, all of us um, have an ability to affect the system and to make recycling really good again. 
Um, and it's really keeping it simple. Uh, and as our messaging is, is clean, loose, and dry. Uh, so you want to clean the materials that are being recycled. You want to make sure they're loose so they're not in plastic bags. And you want them to be dry so they're not full of liquids or, you know, ketchup or anything um, or, or water, for instance. Um, so clean, loose, and dry. And then uh, keeping it down to uh, simple categories. So four simple categories, essentially. Um, narrow neck plastic bottles. Um, uh, things uh, like uh, water bottles, for instance, that have that narrow neck. Those are always going to be recyclable. Um, metal, like tin, so aluminum and tin cans um, from your household, uh, so soup cans, uh, soda cans, things like that. Those will always be recyclable. Um, cardboard and paper, full sheets of paper, not shredded paper. Mm -hmm. um, and that's because the machinery that they use to separate this material has a real hard time with tiny little bits of paper. Okay. Um, it just creates a big mess. So full sheets of paper, um, mail paper, mail is a good example of things that can be recycled, put in a bin. Um, and then the final category, um, which which still um, holds value. Um, All right, I know you were going. You're going to glass, right? Yeah. Well, glasses, glass in the single stream. That's a good question. Um, I wasn't necessarily going to to the glass. Um, okay. More towards cartons, like milk cartons and oh, other paper right, products. Right. But um, now the glass can still be put in the recycling stream. Okay, I'm going to pause you there. Okay. Before we get to glass, I have a question about the clean part of what you were saying. Um, how clean are we talking? Um, do people need to – is it just rinsing it out to do your best? Do you need to wash them? Do you need to get labels off? What – um, for the plastics and and the soup cans and w how clean should they do it? So it's not necessarily dishwasher clean, um, but you know ideally you'd, you'd, you'd rinse it out and make sure that the, you don't see any residue in it. Um, uh, the best you could do, uh, you know, it's a, it is effort to to wash it out. Um, so I think um, you know some contamination is okay within the jugs, um, uh, for instance. Um, you could have a, a little bit, but the idea is to rinse them. And try and rinse them thoroughly and then put them in. Um, you know, if it still has a, an inch of ketchup at the bottom of the, the container, that's probably not going to be recycled because of the amount of material still okay. in there. Okay, this is so, good to know. So I just gotta, a good thorough rinse, shake it up, dump it out, and put in the bin. I've got a 13-year-old and a 9-year-old. i got to, you know, keep them on, on par for this. So yeah. Typically those uh, are, are kids. Um, you know, I have two as well, um, teenagers. Uh, and, and they help us keep on par. Um, you know, they're watching and they learn things and then they, they can can know that they want to do the right thing for their future. So, uh, Well, I have one that would definitely be into it. And the other, she just, you know, completely, you know, <laughs> would be out of it. Like, I have to rinse, I have to do work to rinse it out. So anyway, so, okay, that's great to know. And then for the, the cardboard and paper, does that include um, all items in the Sunday section of the newspaper? And uh, I love one on, on the list here from the website that said junk mail. Does that include my bills? <laughs> yes, all of the above. Okay. So paper, uh, newsprint or card stock type paper, paper that you're getting in the mail, um, all that can be recycled. Just And preferably folded, neat. Yep, and, uh, and just stuck in the bin, clean, loose, and dry. Okay. So loose. So, you know, not in plastic know, bags because that's a, a – a, Not plastic bags, right. Yes. And I know dry is an issue because I don't know why, but it rains every Tuesday and Friday here in, in Fairfax County mm -hmm. when I put my bins out. And so does that – those getting wet, waiting for recycling, is that a huge problem? 
It's not a huge problem in, in most communities um, in Fairfax, most uh, neighborhoods. They they use closed bins uh, on, on top of their recycling, so the rain's not necessarily an issue. Uh, townhome communities um, where they might be exposed to the rain is more of an issue. But, um, you know, if it's just water, uh, typically it's not a huge deal at the recycling center okay. because it does go through a process and then they'll get bailed together and there'll be some drying throughout that process. Okay. Okay. That's good. Good to know. That that helps me personally being able to do my my part here. So now, um, I know that it's been relatively new. Let's talk about glass. All right, glass. So that, this is a, uh, an exciting time for glass recycling in Fairfax County. So um, uh, about two years ago, 2017, uh, Department of Public Works and Environmental Services, we installed a post-consumer glass container recycling system at our I-95 facility in Lorton. Uh, this is a big blue piece of machinery um, we call it Big Blue, um, and it's able to process 20 tons of glass an hour, um, and it, it processes it in, in a way that it removes all the bottle caps, um, it crushes the material down into two usable um, materials. One is a sand, and the other is a cullet, which is, cullet is basically like pea gravel sized glass, mm -hmm. um, and it's not sharp because of the pulverization that happens, or the pulverizing, I should say. Um, and that pulverizing um, means that it doesn't have a lot of sharp edges, so you can actually walk on it barefoot. Um, so it has a lot of uh, aesthetic uses, um, uh, but that glass machine that we built in 2017 has allowed us to start a source-separated glass recycling program, and we've partnered with uh, our neighboring jurisdictions, Prince William County, um, Arlington County, City of Alexandria, and here in Fairfax, um, to start the Purple Can Club, um, which is a um, a idea that we in our community will have drop-off centers uh, for glass only uh, recycling, so post-consumer container glass, um, and all that material that's collected regionally will then come to I-95 for true recycling. Um, we're using it in our um, public works projects as we speak. Um, in Arlington, for instance, they've used it in an aesthetic feature at their facility. Um, kind of calling out what you can do with recycled products. Mm -hmm. um, in, in the county here in Fairfax, we've um, stopped using um, quarry-sourced uh, stone, bluestone, in a couple of our projects. So that, that helps with greenhouse gas emissions by not having to dig up the earth and crush a, a rock down to a tiny little size that we can use for pipe bedding, for instance. Well, we're using uh, glass that we've collected, and it's given a second life to that glass. Um, and then there's even higher level uses of the glass um, from our machine. Uh, so we've been um, spoken to uh, by companies that are interested in our material for repurposing into new products uh, like insulation for your home. Um, mm. And we're really excited about those opportunities um, uh, because that glass that now we're, we're collecting, if we can have higher level uses, then that will just help people um, want to contribute more to the program, you know. Uh, right. So... It, as far as the people at home, what do they do with their glass? Do they put it in their regular recycle bin? So that is still an acceptable uh, thing to do with glass right now is still put it in your recycle bin. Um, what our preference is and what we're really trying to develop is uh, convenient drop-off locations for people. Um, and, and as the program grows, hopefully you'll see them um, be our glass containers being hosted at like grocery stores, for instance. So if uh, um, you you go to the grocery store now, you take your plastic bags back to the grocery store for mm -hmm. recycling, right? That's a hosting program for that grocery store to basically recycle those plastic bags. 
And we see that um, the glass system could be the same way. Uh, right now, they're going to be at municipal facilities, so at our board offices and at our drop-off locations at I-66 and I-95 uh, landfill. Um, but the idea is a homeowner, um, for instance, in my household, um, we put all of our glass separate into a 13-gallon plastic rubber-made uh, bin, um, clean, loose, and dry, mm -hmm. and then we take it to a purple bin for recycling. Um, now, it is an added step um, that, as an individual, we have to take um, in our house, um, but it, it, we feel like we're contributing to the greater good by doing that additional level of effort. Um, and we know that that glass is going to get recycled. So as a resident, um, you know, we have a glass web page if you go to Fairfax County um, and just Google Fairfax County Glass on fairfaxcounty.gov, and you'll see a map on there, and that map gives you the tr closest drop-off locations to your residents. Um, that map is getting updated because we just added two more drop-off uh, locations at the Mount Vernon uh, District Office and also at the Springfield District Office. Um, so if you go there today, you can take your glass bottles for recycling um, and drop them off there in our big purple containers. So, um, you know, for homeowners, as we're making it more convenient, the ask is, is that the, that glass being consumed in your household, um, those glass bottles and jars, be taken to one of these purple containers um, for true recycling. Um, and if it's so happens you don't have one near you, it's not convenient, then that single stream is still an outlet for glass um, for, to put it in those bins uh, for collection. Okay. So now that's three bins that we like to have, one for trash and refuse, one for our um, cardboard, paper, plastics, um, uh, tin, recyclable stuff, tin can stuff for that, uh, plastics. Uh, we want to take... Um, plastic bags back to our grocery stores or whatever where we can recycle them, not put them in the plastic uh, containers. We don't want to recycle those. Uh, and hangers, I know a lot of dry cleaners take hangers. That's so we right. don't want to um, put them in our regular recycling bins. So um, I think all of that is going to be extremely helpful just in the day-to-day -day when people ask, what do they take? I hear they don't take this stuff anymore. China's not taking it. So what do we do with it? Uh, that all helps. Um, so tell me, what are the um, the big uh, no-nos, the stuff that gets put in there that is um, just really wreaks havoc with the recycling team? So um, that's a great Great question, and it's really important to note some of the, the really problematic things. We call it the Filthy Five, um, and you can see that information on our webpage as well. Some great um, graphics with that, too. No, thank, that. thank you. That was all done in-house. <laughs> we have some really talented folks on our team. Um, but uh, the Filthy Five are things that are like tanglers, for instance. So when I mentioned before that these material recovery facilities where the recyclables go for recycling, um, they have equipment, and uh, this is heavy-duty equipment, industrial equipment. And we, when people put in things called tanglers, that's kind of our tag line for them, like uh, cables or garden hose, mm -hmm. um, plastic bags from the, the grocery store, for instance, those items can go into that machinery, and they get wrapped up on the gears. And, and how it works is a process and shuts down the whole process. And then someone has to actually climb in that equipment to cut out those things and, and get it going again. So if you could imagine if you had an industrial line and now you're slowing down because all these tanglers are impacting the equipment, it makes the cost go up. So those are definitely part of it. Um, uh, 
clamshell food containers, like food waste, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Don't put those in there. Right. Um, it's just not part of the single stream recycling. Nothing styrofoam. Nothing styrofoam. It's just not part of the recycling single stream curbside collection program. Um, diapers. Uh, believe it or not, there's a lot of diapers that end up in the bin. Used diapers. Um, yes. Uh, really? Yes. Yeah, so I went to a, the MRF myself uh, for a, a tour. Um, you know, the material recovery facility, and, and I, you could just see them on the line. So it's a big conveyor belt line where um, you literally see diapers going by on, on the conveyor. Um, Why would people think those are recyclable? I don't understand. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I think it's one of those wishful convenience yeah. <laughs> things where, you know, you've got a bin right there, and if you put it in there, it goes away. So you think right. it's getting recycled. So, um, right. you know, so those, those are some of our filthy five items that we, um, we just need to make sure aren't going in the bin. Um, like I said, if we keep it to those four main categories we talked about up front, mm-hmm. um, that'll make our recycling system so much better. Um, and it's actually less effort because you're not putting everything in there. It's kind of taking out all those questionable items. And if you just focus on those uh, four things, those uh, narrow neck bottles, um, the tin and aluminum cans, the cardboard and paper, and the cartons, then we know those materials are going to be recycled. Once this stuff is processed, is it getting made into products or is it being sent out to places where it is getting used? It, the, the materials that, that you mentioned, those four things that we want to recycle, once they go there and process properly, you mentioned the glass, what, what uh, this new system is able to do a lot of that stuff. But um, how about the other stuff? Is it getting used? So, so it's a good question. And that's based on market variability. And right now, those items, those categories I talked about are being recycled. Um, So uh, aluminum will always be recycled if it's clean, loose, and dry. Um, They can make aluminum bundles um, and canneries that make new soda pops. They can use that material or it can be recycled in other aluminum products. Paper's the same way, cardboard's the same way, and plastic bottles are the same way. Um, There are markets still for those items. Um, It's just how we reduce the amount of contamination that's going into the process. Um, That's really causing the challenges with the market. Um, You know, if if you were going to repurpose recyclable material and it's contaminated, um, but you had an opportunity to buy less contaminated material, you're going to buy the less contaminated material. So for us in, in making our recyclable um, materials more valuable is really to reduce that contamination and those wishful recycling items that we're putting in the bin to take those out. Um, so that, that, that's kind of the idea is if we keep it to those four simple categories, mm-hmm. we know there's a good market for them, um, and, th- and there has been, um, and we see that going into the future as well. Well, that's good. So they're, what, we, what we are putting out there, if we do it right in the bins, they are being reused, and that is all good. Right, it's great. Okay, that that's recycling. Those four things are good. Now, um, now you said soda pop. Are you from the Midwest? No, I'm actually from Southern Virginia. Southern Virginia. Yeah. Okay, because usually we just say soda. You know, you go to some areas, it's pop. Yeah, but know. I have family in Pennsylvania. It's pop bottles up there. Oh, pop well, bottles. Okay, give me the pop. All right, just trying to get yeah. the original. No, but thank you for asking. No. no. <laughs> um, now something else that. We were talking about is yard waste. You're cutting trees, cutting limbs, raking your leaves, mowing the lawn, and getting all those grass clippings. 
that's a uh, Irene. That's going to be another uh, podcast on mowing lawns and what you do with your grass clippings and composting and stuff like that. Later on, Irene's nodding. She sets all this awesome podcast stuff up. So, um, but. We don't want people using plastic bags for that. We want them to be using what? So that's a great question. Again, um, so for an alternative to plastic bags, um, we're asking folks to either use rigid containers that are reusable that you can set out, you know, every time you mow the grass and you can put your yard waste in there, um, or craft bags, for instance, or a similar type of bag. as It's a paper bag. They're available now pretty much at every retailer um, that sells yard waste type items. Um, and, and the, the idea is is the materials that we're collecting at our yards um, that we're either doing landscaping or maintenance, um, mowing the grass, that is 100% recyclable material. Um, once you add plastic bags to that equation um, for transport, now the, those plastic bags are now contaminant to that recyclable material. Mm-hmm. So it's inevitable that through the handling process, from when you put it out on the, the side of your yard for collection to where it gets to either a transfer facility where it's going to be mixed and put into a bigger truck to then take into an ultimate um, recycling place, uh, those bags get ripped and they get shredded, they get handled, um, and those all end up being microplastics essentially in our environment. So the the idea for our community is if we can start to transition out of the plastic bags and start using these um, more compostable bags like that craft bag, for instance, or the, the paper yard waste bag, um, it'll take away that microplastic from the equation completely. Sure. And then you have 100% compostable, recyclable material. Um, the the plastic bags eventually get shredded in a debagging process where they have to remove all those material out of those plastic bags. And again, it's inevitable that there's going to be bits and fragments sure. that end up back into the products that we're going to go buy either or get free for our yard. So if you come to one of our facilities at I-95 or I-66, you can get free mulch. Um, but if there's plastic bags in there, ultimately there's going to be bits of plastic as you get back. And um, if you buy the materials from the store uh, pre-bagged, um, chances are that has been screened pretty well. Um, but there's still plastic in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it just might not be readily available to your eye, um, but it's still part of that process. So as a community, if we can get away from plastic bags, and that's what we're asking our residents is a, as a preference, um, it, we prefer that you use a uh, compostable yard waste bag or um, the, like a rigid container to put out your yard waste. Plastic yeah. bags, bad. Yes. Okay. In general, plastic bags are bad. Right. Um, so right. Let's stay away so from that's right. And we don't want to find them out in the uh, uh, in the sewers and in the wastewater and all that other stuff. Then it all ends up in the Chesapeake Bay and in our crabs and all yeah, that the other oysters stuff. and everything. Right. We, we don't want them. plastic oysters. So. Um, so I think this has been a great recap. Um, this is a lot of stuff that, you know, people have questions about. And um, let me ask you another question. What is what is our outlook for the future? Is there new stuff coming along? Is there, um, you know, I so I will give a good plug. I just moved last March. And I had truckloads of stuff that I was able to bring to the I-66 Solid Waste Center where I was able to properly get rid of old furniture, old computers and televisions, batteries, um, paint, 
so I used pretty much every uh, entrance there <laughs> to to deliver stuff um, at that at that center and had a great experience with it. It is was all very easy and directed you where to go and stuff like that. So I I, uh, I will say is if you are concerned about where to put all these different types of items, the Fairfax County has a way for you to properly dispose of them without just throwing them in a landfill. Yeah, that's an awesome point, and it's a great story um, to talk about your personal experience at our site. Thank you for coming and visiting us. Um, we do take pride in the, the different um, materials that we separate and, and recycle. You mentioned household hazardous waste, for instance. You know, Instead of that going into the, the trash and into the waste stream, um, we have a seven-day-a-week operation where you can bring in your household hazardous waste as a resident um, and, and dispose of it properly. Um, we have trained professionals that separate that material and um, well, latex paints, for instance. Mm-hmm. We have a program where we recycle a lot of that paint that comes in uh, through Habitat for Humanity, um, where it's actually being reused. Um, it's still a, a valuable product. Um, so rather than that going into the waste stream, that's a, that's a great uh, opportunity. Same with um, the fats, oils, and grease um, that you might generate. Um, we have drop-off um, locations at I-66 and I-95, and that gets recycled. Um, so there's a lot of those different household items that you're, you know, you, you're not quite sure what to do with, and we have a, a place for them. We have a home for them where you can come and bring them. Um, as a resident uh, to either I-66, like you mentioned, to our transfer station or to our I-95 landfill complex. Uh, now, Scott, you, you had said, what does our future look like? So, so that's kind of our current state where yeah. we have these places where our residents can bring in materials. Um, but when we look at the future and, and, and the way I look at it is uh, as individuals, we need to try to make better choices. Um, so single-use plastic items and purchasing them from the get-go or using them from the get-go um, I think in the future we'll start to make uh, better choices and say maybe I don't need that coffee uh, throwaway cup. I can use my own mug and and reuse it a, a thousand times right. um, rather than have a thousand cups. Same with plastic water bottles. You know, um, having a reusable water bottle that you continually use. I I made the conscious decision within the last year not to buy. You know the big thirty-five pack at the grocery store of water bottles, and then you have, you know, a quarter of them in your car, and uh, so, um, where our family made that decision, no more, you know, unless we absolutely have to, but no, no more plastic water bottles. We all have refillable uh, water bottles. Um, we we also do the um, grocery bags that I have in my keep in my car. So when we do our big shopping, I, I I wish I would use them a bit more often, other than just big time grocery shopping. But uh, you know the reusable bags and getting rid of plastic is something we're trying out also. So um, hopefully that uh, you know we'll start seeing less and less of that stuff over time. Yep, and as consumers, we're making those choices as individuals on, you know, where we shop, where we buy things, what we buy. Um, and if we have an environmental conscience as we buy things, then we're not going to be producing those waste products. Um, and, and I think as our society changes and there's more information about 
environmental health and just what we're doing in the community um, at large, uh, you know, people will start to make better decisions, I think, and more informed decisions um, about what you buy when you're at the store. So uh, hopefully I see a future, you know, with, where we're all being really good stewards and we want to make those choices. And like you mentioned, Scott, you kind of have to change the way you think about it. Like I don't need water bottles all over my house and my car. Right, right. Um, You know, it, it, it might be convenient at that time, but what is it going to take to really um, take care of those plastic bottles that were generated and, and going forward. Yes, they're recyclable, but there's a big process for that. So And get the kids involved because they, they get into it and they learn about it at school. And, uh, you know, in letting them know about these processes, you know, it's, it's really, uh, if you go to the um, fairfaxcounty.gov, uh, Public Works, Recycling and Trash, um, they even have things that you can print out of infographics where it has pictures of the Filthy Five. It has um, uh, what you want to have coming in recycling. Great graphics that are easily printed out to be able to help um, both kids and adults have a better understanding of how you throw things away. And I, and I know some people, it's out of sight, out of mind. You just throw it away. You know, when I was a kid, it was littering. You know, it was all just don't litter. And so it's way evolved from that. And now it's um, not only responsible disposal of how you dispose of your recycles and where you dispose them, but also as a consumer, um, how you purchase things and, and, and how you use that. The um, I, I, I like the three R's, the reduce, reuse, and recycle. And so th- those that's a great message to have out there. Um, and uh, I, you, anything else that you'd like to add? No, I appreciate the time. Hopefully, um, you know, this answers some questions for our, our residents. Um, but, you know, we are available. Uh, you can come to our webpage. You can give us a call. Um, you know, we're, we're always looking to improve in the services that we provide. Um, and that's one of the benefits of uh, working as a civil servant is we get to see changes happen in our environment, and we're really dedicated to try and make that happen. So uh, thank you again, Scott. It was a pleasure. Um, I appreciate the time. Hey, no problem. And, and so does the mafia have as big of an imprint on the uh, recycling as they do with, you know, the sanitation? Um, I'll, I'll just say it like this. Um, uh, if, if they do, uh, we wouldn't be able to talk about it. So okay. I'll just leave it okay. at that. Um, the uh, Sopranos <laughs> are not involved in uh, <laughs> the solid waste management in Fairfax County. So, <laughs> No, no, not at this time. All right, Eric. Thank you a lot for joining us today on EnviroPod. I'm Scott Coco. For more information on recycling, you certainly can go to fairfaxcounty.gov slash publicworks slash recycling trash. Click around. There's a lot of great information that talks about the uh, reuse, reuse, and recycle, reduce, reuse, and recycle, and what all the proper ways of disposing stuff. And if you have more questions, you can go there and ask more questions. So thanks for joining us. And for EnviroPod, you can get all of our episodes and um, on SoundCloud. You can go to fairfaxcounty.gov slash podcasts. Go to the DPWES website on their podcasts, and we're going to soon be on iTunes. Stay tuned for that. So we will be out there, and if you have any questions, you can contact us. And once again, I'm Scott Coco for EnviroPod. Thank you for joining us.